Okay. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing today? I uh, hope you're all having a good day. Uh, things are pretty good here in St. Louis. I hope you all had a uh, great time with your friends and family this past week. I, it's good to be back with all of you here on the live stream. It's good to be podcasting again. So I just want to welcome you to the Pristine Grace live stream. It's the final one of the year, in fact. All right. And I'm your host, Brandon Kraft. And today is Thursday, December 26, 2019. The time here is 6.30 p.m. And I am broadcasting live to Facebook, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. And I'm excited. Very excited. Because, uh, well, first of all, I just had a great time with my family yesterday. I, I hope you did as well. Additionally, uh, we are planning on driving over to Ashland, Kentucky this weekend for some fellowship with the Saints there. And I plan on hearing Jim Bird preach again. Hope to enjoy the Lord's Supper and lots of fellowship with, with the folks there. Bill and Debbie Parker are also going to be in town and we plan on visiting them and having dinner with them as well. So uh, that should be fun. All right, and I, I really do love the Parker family and all the saints in Ashland, Kentucky. They are really a part of my family now, and for better, for worse, I'm going to be visiting with them for the rest of my life, if I can help it. And uh, that's what God does. You know, he calls us, he calls his people into fellowship with them. And I got some noise outside my room here, so I apologize. But he... He calls his people into fellowship with him, and subsequently with each other. And these spiritual bonds we have in the gospel, all right, we take one second. Can you uh, keep it down in here, please? Thanks. All right, had some chatterboxes out there. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't concentrate because there was all this talking in my ear. Anyway, as I was saying, you know, uh, you know, God calls us into fellowship with each other, and uh, and subsequently we uh, get together. All right, a lot as much as we can help it, and uh, because we have bonds in the gospel, spiritual bonds, and uh, it's these bonds that we take with us as we pass into glory, and. Uh, so, you know, get to know your brothers and sisters, friends, get to know them, because those are the same people you're going to spend the rest of your time in heaven with. All right, that's good news. All right, also, I just wanted to say this is the last podcast of the year, and uh, it's been a good run. I, uh, I can't believe I've produced so many of these now. When I just sat down, I, I remember sitting down in September, I think, and said, you know, I think I got something to say, and here I am, like sixteen or episodes later of podcasting, and it's been it's been fun. And uh, I can't believe that 2019 is over now. Can you believe it? I, I can't. It's just went by in a blur. And 2020 is right around the corner. And uh, you know, 2019 it just went by so fast. It buzzed right on by. And a lot happened in 2019. A lot of ha a lot has happened in my life, and I'm sure it's happened 
in yours as well. You know, we we lost Henry Mayhan this year. That was a that was a devastating loss and uh, incredible loss for all of us that loved his preaching and his writing. And uh, you know, sadly, we also watched some of our loved ones die. Uh, we watched all of our loved ones, you know, and family grow one year, one more year closer to the grave, you know. But uh, for those of us who believe, it was just one more year closer to being with the Lord. So that's the good news. Also, um, I learned a lot this past year as well, you know. And, I, and I'm amazed at how much the Lord has really taught me over the course of my uh, 18 or 19 years of, of knowing the gospel. And, uh, you know, there was a time in my life where I used to think I'd really come into a really full understanding of the gospel and that, you know, I, 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 do, I do believe that's true for me now as well, but I'd come into such a great understanding and the Lord had revealed so much to me that I thought, wow, I don't know if I can, re I don't know if I can learn anymore. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, that's, uh, not true. You know, the, I haven't learned it all. I haven't learned all the truth of the gospel and all of its implications. And this last year has just proven me wrong with all of that. And uh, so, you know, I'd like for all of you out there to be encouraged that there's still some more learning to do. I don't think anybody truly comes to a perfect understanding of everything in this life. If, and uh, anyway, part of the, uh, part of what, I think that helped me out a lot this year was the interactions I've had with with all the saints, both online and offline. And uh, you know, for so many years, I was not part of an offline group of believers. Uh, that's because there just wasn't a church in my local area. You know, part of the um, part of part of the reason is because of the unpopular message that we all believe in, the free grace gospel. There just aren't a lot of places for us to go. I know there, we have a lot of listeners out there who can uh, who can who can understand that who are presently without a, a gospel fellowship uh, a place to go for gospel fellowship and uh, I I would like to encourage all of you folks who are out there in that situation to not give up hope because for me in the last couple of years uh, the the Lord has certainly opened up a lot of opportunities for me I have to drive long distances. And uh, but they nevertheless have been opportunities for me, and uh, and you know long distances and the cost it's been so worth it for me and my family. I now drive regularly to Eastern Kentucky and Southern Missouri, and uh, various conferences here and there. I plan to go to a conference here in a, another few months here in, down in Albany, Georgia, and uh, I now have face-to-face -face fellowship with so many different gospel preachers and believers, in, and. Uh, there is something with it that has come with that fellowship that I didn't expect. A uh, greater joy and love than I could have possibly imagined. I, I truly do love all these saints that the Lord has put me with. The folks I'm, I regularly meet with. And I know that as long as I am able, both physically and financially, I, I, plan, I, plan, or I plan to continue to meet with them. And so my love, you know, for them just overflows to the 
point of joy and uh, I have discovered that you know something I've learned this year is I'd rather err on the side of accepting gospel professors at face value as brothers and sisters rather than playing a, a little bit too cautious and uh, shutting uh, brethren out of my heart and uh, you know that's something I've reflected on this week something that I've thought about as the, the year year comes to a close and you know I thought about it and I, I'd encourage you to do so as well what, what is the greater error you know embracing a false convert as a brother one who appears outwardly as a brother through gospel profession but has a belief you, you haven't had time to dissect or discover you know through uh, you know discover a doctrine or something like that they might hold to that proves they aren't believers you know that's that's one thing or or shutting out true brethren that are still learning but can't articulate their faith as well as you'd like them to you know for me I believe the better error to commit is to embrace uh, the uh, embrace people as brothers you know upon face value you know uh, in time if people aren't true converts God will expose them and they will leave the gospel you know or they're gonna believe the truth and God's gonna convert them to the uh, gospel of free and sovereign grace and so I think I'd rather err on the side of embracing people in love you know let's love the brethren those that God has put us with and let's strive with them and encourage them in the faith you know let's not put up unnecessary walls of protection or hedges around our ourselves you know yeah I believe we need to be on guard against false gospel preaching but everyday people you know I think sometimes it's good to put down our guard just a little you know let's show love to those God has put us with and not just our brothers and sisters in the gospel but to our neighbors and to unbelievers as well you know let's not give anyone any reason outside of the truth of Christ to reject what we have to say let's be kind and loving and gentle with all men yet wise as serpents when it comes to the gospel and I know it's a tall order I, I and it's you know it's something that I believe God has been teaching me to be you know it's something I've been learning and more and more study isn't necessarily going to produce this in you it's a fruit of God's Spirit only God can put his love into your heart into your mind and affections and cause it to overflow to the point that your love for the brethren grows but yeah I, I've just been overcome with so much joy and so much love for those around me and reflecting on this year I think this is the chief lesson I've, I think I've taken that yes let's be patient kind and gentle let's strive with the weaker brother okay or sister let's be wise and diligent in our studies in our theology but let's also be kind and meek and patient and most of all loving loving towards those around us especially those of the household of faith okay let us strive to walk in grace and goodwill toward men all right so that was my that was the that's my takeaway from 2019 stuff that I've learned and something I want to take with me into 2020 anyway let's get to the main main message all right so the 
the last two messages we had on this podcast were on true evangelism and duty faith. And both were very popular, uh, rising to the top of our sermon audio charts. The uh, message on duty faith was particularly popular. In fact, it's the most popular message so far that we've had on sermon audio. It's had over 200 downloads in the last week. That's more than any one of my sermons or messages that I gave on sermon audio, even going back months. So uh, maybe maybe there's a hunger for preaching on these topics, or maybe somebody's... uh, actually looking to prove me wrong or if they're just so shocked that everybody's sharing the message. I don't know. So not a lot, you know, 200 downloads doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, make, it, it is for me because I'm, I'm not a very popular guy. <laughs> All right. So, you know, maybe, maybe like I said, maybe there is some hunger for this type of teaching. And uh, so I'm going to continue with that, this, this theme this week, okay, on the gospel, you know. And I'm going to be talking about another error regarding the gospel. Last week we talked on duty faith. But this week we're going to talk on the so-called free or well-meant offer of the gospel. I don't think I have as much to say about it today as last week's message on duty faith. You know, this we had Christmas this last week and I did spend a lot of time with my family. And so this message isn't going to be as long. Okay, it's going to be a little bit less than what we've had in the last few weeks. And uh, next week's message is also going to be on common grace. So I don't expect it to be all that long either. I mean, I am kind of building upon the theme of the last couple messages. All right, so this is sort of like the third in the series on hyper-Calvinism. All right, the first one being, you know... um, what is evangelism? The second one is this faith of duty. And here's the third one, and it's an important one. And this is this is one uh, that's very deceptive. Because think about it. What is this doctrine, this free or well-meant offer? It's such a de- descriptive doctrine precisely due to the name that it, that it, uh, that it falls under. And so I've titled this final message of the year as follows, Is the Gospel an Offer? All right, so let's go ahead and let's dig in. Think about it for a second. The words free offer sound nice, don't they? Free offer of the gospel sounds pretty nice. Well-meant of the offers, well-meant offers of the gospel sound nice as well. It sounds excellent, sounds great. All right. And, and there's, some, there's some truth in those words. That's, that's the deceptive thing about it. We know that the gospel is free. And there is well-meaning behind the gospel message. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing that sucks people into this. But I believe the free offer doctrine is neither free, nor is there any well-meaning behind it. And I'll try to I'll try to explain that to you in this message. All right. So what is this free or well-meant offer that I'm talking about? Have you heard about it? If not, let me try to explain it to you. the The free or well-meant offer is the teaching that when preaching of what some would call the gospel, there is a well-meaning of salvation intended for all who hear the message. That the gospel message is a free offer of salvation to all those that it is preached to by uh, 
by uh, so-called gospel preachers, all right? That God earnestly desires that all who hear the gospel message accept his proposal, all right? And those that believe and teach in the free offer believe that this offer, this offer is an invitation that can be accepted or rejected by those that hear it, all right? And that this acceptance of this offer will bring salvation to the individual. Okay, and uh, I got to say this really ties in with duty faith. So if you missed last week's message on duty faith, I'd ask you to go check it out. It's available for uh, download over on Sermon Audio. But instead of the gospel being a presentation of, of facts about Christ's work on behalf of his people, what is instead preached is an offer of salvation that can be accepted or rejected in the damnation of one soul. That I've just repeated myself. That's the uh, that's the definition of what they mean by an offer. So it views salvation primarily in conversion, and not in Christ's finished work of redemption. It puts salvation in the hands of the individual, and treats God as if he is watching everything from heaven, and when that sinner dutifully <laughs> accepts the offer of salvation, he then views that person as righteous. So, just on, if you if that's the definition, that's how I understand the free offer, woman offer. If I'm wrong about that, correct me. But that's the that's the common understanding out there what the free offer, well-meant offer means. So I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say that I'm against this. I'm against the gospel being presented as an offer. Okay, The gospel is not an offer. It is neither a free offer or a well-meant offer. The gospel is free. The gospel is well-meaning, but it is not an offer. Okay, The gospel is a presentation of the facts of salvation in Christ. And it comes as glad tidings, as good news to the elect. Okay? But to state that you're against the offer, oh boy, you're gonna you're gonna you're really gonna draw some uh, scorn. You're gonna draw the charge of hyper Calvinism by the religious world. Okay? And hyper Calvinism is just a made up pejorative word. Uh <laughs> It's, uh, like I said in my last week's message, if you call somebody hyper-Calvinist, it's like calling somebody the boogeyman. You know, it's meant to uh, scare people away from what you're teaching. All right? And if you state that you're an against, if, you're against, if you state that you're against an offer, you're going to draw sneering and jeering from uh, the religious world. You might as well offer yourself up for drawing and quartering. <laughs> by stating that you're opposed to preaching an offer. Yeah, you're going to be also draw the charge of not preaching the gospel. All right? This, I mean, you come out and say you're against the offer, you're going to get it. All right? You're going to get it. And uh, that's okay. You know, it's not going to bother you. It doesn't bother me because we're firmly planted in the truth of Christ. All right? And being planted in the solid truth of the gospel we, as preachers of the gospel, are obligated to only declare the good news of salvation in Christ. Eternal life 
is not something that we have the right to offer anybody. All right, whether they be elect or reprobate, we don't know who they are. When we talk, when we meet somebody who's not a believer, we don't know if they're elect or reprobate. But it's not our right to offer to them salvation. Okay, it's uh, we're ambassadors for Christ, and it's His redemption and the preaching of it that goes out as glad tidings to the elect. Our job is only to spread this news. Okay, as an ambassador, our our business is simply to declare the facts of the gospel. Eternal life is isn't even ours to give. It's uh, it's reside. It's a gift that resides solely uh, with God, and and as such, it's not mine or yours or anybody else's to offer to anybody. All right, eternal life is in fact already given. <laughs> that's the, that's the irony of all this. It's already given to all of His elect, to all of Christ's people, and all of them will get to figuratively open it, open their present at their appointed time that God has for each of them. So yeah, salvation isn't even ours to offer, it's God's. All right. 2 Timothy 2:10 2 Timothy 2:10 says, uh, therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect in order that they may also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The apostle Paul worked tirelessly for Christ in his gospel said that all of God's elect would obtain their salvation in Christ. All the elect. This gospel is for them. All right? It's not for anybody else. It's not for the person who's never going to believe. All right? Uh, so, yeah, we are to preach this gospel indiscriminately to, to people that the Lord leads to us in providence, you know, to people who are interested sometimes in what we have to say. All right? Um... You know, but how are, you know, how are God's people supposed to open their present if they don't get to hear about it? You know, that's why we go preaching the gospel, all right? Because uh, it comes as good news, as glad tidings, as Christmas gifts to open. <laughs> uh, it's one way to look at it. But is this present an offer? Is this gift something that the elect can choose to decide or reject? Eh. Is this gift for those who aren't God's people? If this good news, this gift of salvation in Christ is for the elect, why does it need to be offered to them? You know, for me, when I first read of this great news of salvation, I didn't, I didn't see it as something I could accept to the salvation of my soul. It was a great gift and one in which I rejoiced. But for those who aren't Christ's people, why does this need to be offered? It's a good question. Why does it need to be offered? Why do, why do my detractors say it needs to be offered? And I'll tell you why. It's because when you can transform the gospel message into an offer and faith via duty faith into a work, your church enrollment numbers, they're going to they're going to soar. Okay? They're going to start to soar in in, in fabulous ways, so you think. You know, your coffers, the church coffers are going to be filled. Your salary is going to go up exponentially, all right? Being a gospel preacher is is sometimes very uh, hard. It's financially uh, hard. It's, it's, you're, poor, you're a poor guy because you're, you're preaching something nobody really wants to hear, seems like, all right? But when you preach the offer and duty faith, oh, yeah, people want to hear that, you know? And you're going to make some money doing that, you know. 
Well, let's say you uh, let's say you're not really about the money. All right. If, you, if it's not about the money for you, then it's about your self righteousness. All right. You know. Oh, look at me. Look how many were led to the Lord through my preaching. Two hundred people got saved this year through the through my preaching of the gospel. Look at that church down the road there. They haven't adopted their methods, you know, and their numbers are stagnating. I mean, there's only a there's only a couple people there that show up. You know, when I when I drive by that church on Sunday, I only see maybe two or three cars out there. Sure isn't right though, they're just a bunch of hyper Calvinists. <laughs> You know, oh, look at that website. Oh, that website editor. Oh, he's out there preaching that the gospel is not an offer and that faith is not a duty. He's trying to undermine my business. I'm going to preach against him. I'll just say he's against gospel preaching, and that that's going to convince people not to attend, attend his church or go to his website. But, you know, <laughs> that's the way these people think, I think. So, you know, but ask yourself some questions. And I like to ask questions because it's how I learn. It's how it's how we learn, all right? We, we, when you're presented with anything, start asking questions. That's all I got to say. You know, so I, so I ask a lot of questions when I'm introduced with a new topic or doctrine. And when I was first presented with this idea that the gospel is an offer, I started asking questions, all right? So here's a question for you to consider. If Christ did not die for everyone, how is a preacher able to offer salvation to every single person he comes in contact with? Salvation in God's perspective is a done deal. It's a past event. His mind isn't going to change when someone comes to belief in the truth. He's already viewed that person as righteous in Christ from before the foundation of the world. He's not waiting as an observer, hoping that folks will accept his offer. No. You know, he, he has indeed purposed it that his people will hear the good news of salvation and rejoice when they hear it. All right? Hebrews 9.12 says that by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Matthew 1.21 says that Christ came to save his people from their sins. And when Christ hung on the cross, he bowed his head and said, it is finished. All right, what do you think he meant by that? You think he just made salvation possible for people or that he performed the work necessary to save his people? All right. Let's get the let's get away from the idea this idea that salvation is possible. Let's get back to preaching the facts of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is is going to bring that message to the eyes and ears of his elect, and the Lord's going to add to our numbers. Artificially creating large numbers of false converts is only going to lead to, to these things. Apostasy, free willism, decay, rot, death. All right. That's what, that's what creating false converts does for you. That's what preaching offer and duty faith does for you. It brings, it brings apostasy, free willism, decay, rot, and death. All right. And that's what's happened in so many churches 
all these churches that were once sovereign grace back in the 1800s yep go back and review their review their histories so many of them taught free and sovereign grace and they adopted duty faith and offer preaching in order to increase their numbers in order to make their their churches grow and before you knew it they apostatized into free willism and they just they faded away into just death all right there is no gospel anymore okay now they have church programs they have uh they have uh you know carnivals okay <laughs> they don't there's no good news there all right it's works righteousness it's doing something in order to get something it's believing something in order to get something all right the free or well-meant offer is not the gospel plain and simple it's not good news it's bad news all right and it's just one step closer to free willism and that is why you see so many sovereign gracers so-called sovereign gracers holding hands with free willers in reality they share the same conversion theology the backstory may differ but as long as there is agreement on how people come into the kingdom by getting converted by accepting an offer by exercising faith or whatever as long as there's agreement on that and that is you know that is by the wrong idea that people are obligated to accept an offer then they they're going to continue to walk hand in hand together sovereign gracers and free willers so much so that the backstories will even be the same in time okay the church that preaches the free offer along with duty faith is eventually going to embrace universal atonement okay it's not that much of a stretch to go from sufficient for all to efficient for all all right but you know we know that the gospel is different it's that's not that's not the gospel the gospel is not sufficient for all or efficient for all um, I'm gonna let's go to the scriptures here and I love this I love this uh, story here because it's a great story of gospel it's a, it's a great story it's a good picture of the gospel and and God's redemption and salvation of us all right so turn with me in your Bibles to uh, chapter 11 or get out your uh, iPad or your computer and load up uh, John chapter 11 there and we're gonna go straight to verse 38 okay and this is the story of Lazarus Lazarus's resurrection from the dead okay so I'm starting in verse 38 here Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it okay he was Lazarus was truly dead and he's and, and Christ said as much in the previous passages here all right and Jesus said take ye away the stone Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him Lord by this time he stinketh okay for he hath been dead four days Lazarus stunk all right he was a rotting corpse sort of like what we are all right before we uh, believe the gospel and Jesus saith unto her said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe that thou shouldest see the glory of God then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I and I knew that thou hearest me always but because of the people which stand by I said it 
they may, they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound again with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. <laughs> Boom. There it is. That's the gospel. All right. That's gospel preaching in a nutshell. Jesus approached Lazarus and simply raised him from the dead. He told Lazarus to come forth, and Lazarus did. Now, some would say, hey, see, that's duty faith. Je Jesus told him to come forth. But uh, <laughs> this, this is, but Lazarus didn't perform work. He was dead, all right? And then he was alive. And he came forward because he came forward to Christ because he was alive. Because Christ made him to be alive. Because Christ gave him faith, okay? You know, metaphorically speaking. Okay, and that's how it is with us. Okay, we're dead in trespasses and sin. You know, we have no hope in and of ourselves. We are unable to come to God and seek and find rest in Christ. All right? But the gospel, but the gospel comes in power and conviction. All right? We, the, uh, we hear the Lord saying, come forth. It comes as good news to us, okay? But the Spirit in conjunction with it, makes us alive. Okay, we can't help but come forward when we hear the Savior call us. And he calls us by name. Gabriel, come forth. Julie, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And we are made alive and we come to him. There was no offer of salvation to us. Christ didn't say to me, Hey, Brandon, I really do want you to come forward. I have a good and well-intentioned meaning behind this invitation. Will you come forward, please? <laughs> no, that's not what happens. Okay, we are made alive. And we are made willing. And we rejoice in our salvation. We are given assurance that we were redeemed in Christ, and, th and then we rest in Him. Okay, we rest in His righteousness, not our own. Not upon anything we do or think, all right? Not upon, not upon anything that we perform or exercise, okay? We simply get it. We simply get salvation. It's ours. We just get it. Lands in our lap. We're raised from the dead, and we were made alive, and we're told this good news, and that's it for us, okay? It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, okay? And, uh, you know, as believers, I think we are all called to... Uh, Preach the gospel, all right? We're not told to invite people to believe. We're not, tried, we're not told to try and co coerce people into a confession, okay? God compels his people to believe. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation for those who are being saved. Another way of saying it is like this. The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation for those who were redeemed. All right. In the same verse, it says it is foolishness to those who are perishing, those who are not destined to believe. All right. And you find that this is true throughout the whole of Scripture.
read the book of Acts, and you'll see that Christ and his kingdom was proclaimed, not offered. The gospel is an announcement of glad tidings. Lydia heard this announcement, and God opened her heart, and she believed. All right? Read the whole New Testament, and you will find that the gospel is not offered. All of us are like Lazarus, and we come to God through the gospel. Christ was not selling something to Lazarus, hoping that Lazarus would come out of the grave alive and accept his gift. You know, Christ made him alive, and he was. Simple as that. Same way for the Apostle, or the Apostle Paul. Saul of Tarsus is walking down the road, you know, out to murder people. You know, he wasn't looking for, for God. Jesus came and came to him, confronted him, and made him a believer. He didn't offer salvation to Paul. He just said, this is what you are now. And that's what he was. He's now the apostle, God's chosen messenger to the Gentiles. <laughs> There's no invitation there. No, it's not an offer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And uh, But if you're curious, there's a lot of material on pristinegrace.org about the gospel and how it's not an offer. I, I have dozens of articles on it. Just search on the keywords gospel and offer, and those uh, articles, those, those dozens of articles are going to pop up on the topic. Hopefully in your studies, if you haven't already, you, you, you too will come to understand that God doesn't offer salvation to anybody. He's already given it to his people, and they will hear the gospel, and they will believe. Salvation is as good as done from God's perspective. All right. And uh, that's about all I have for today. So, uh, like I said, I don't expect to have much to talk about next week, but <laughs> today a little bit longer than I thought it would, so... I I'm not really good at predicting the length of, of these messages, it seems. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed today's message. I hope you have a great rest of the week and that you can rejoice with me in this truth. All right. I, I do plan on broadcasting again the same time next week and bringing in the new year with you. January 2nd, I think, is what it is. I think it's January 22nd. Or January 2nd. Uh, I'm not going to bother looking it up. But uh, 2020, 2020, what a great way to start a new decade. All right. And uh, like I said on the Facebook chat before this started, if you'd like to talk to me about this or if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. You know, I'd be happy to talk on the phone or by email or however you like. And... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm making myself available, so just let me know. And uh, I'll talk to you all later. You know, I want you all to have a great evening. I want you to have some grace and some peace and rejoice in that gospel with me. And I want you, want you to have a happy new year. All right? Good night.